Baruchim Haboam. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us at this very special Wednesday night program. I want to thank my very dear friend, Reb Rabbi Newman, for sponsoring tonight's event um, on behalf of the most worthy organization, Chickens for Shabbos. Let me just spend a moment and tell you about Chickens for Shabbos. It is a uh, moisad, which is dedicated to one very simple and one fundamental objective, feeding Yidin who need it most. Just putting food on the table, giving them chicken for Shabbos, giving them their food. And it's uh, dedicated to trying to identify those who need it most, members of our nation who are the most imp- important to Klal Yisrael, to the Rebbeinu Shalaylam. They try to find families of Malamdim whose parents are dedicated to teaching Torah to Kali Yisrael because without Malamdim, we don't have a Jewish people. Families whose mothers are Agunois who are in a very desperate situation, Almanois, and so forth. And they have the simple objective of trying to feed Achinu Bnei Yisrael. So if you'd like to contribute to this most worthy organization, go to chickensforshabbos.com. Very simple, chickensforshabbos.com. Or you could go to the Yad Eliezer website. You go to the icon for Malamdim, Agunos, and Grushais, And uh, you could contribute to this very worthy organization. Whatever you could do, whatever your heart is menadeviu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu should be mashpia on your family. Shefa Bracha Mahatzacha. I'd also like to thank uh, the hosts of tonight's event, Chazak, Rav Yaniv Meirav, my good friend Rav uh, Ilan Meirav, and, of course, Yedidi, Reb Ravi Eboth. I want to thank him for orchestrating and arranging tonight's very special event, which is dedicated to introduce a very new release. Baruch Hashem, last week we uh, spoke about a new release in English called The Light and the Splendor that just came out for Artscroll, and we mentioned it's available on Artscroll's website. By the way, now before Hanukkah, all Artscroll books are 20% off. Or you could go to our new website, um, please check it out, rabbidg.com, where the Art Scroll Sefer is available, and our other Sefer, The Mystery and the Majesty, is available. But tonight is dedicated, and again, I thank Chazak, and I thank Rabbi Rabbi Newman for um, giving me the opportunity to share with you a little bit about the new Sefer that came out, B'siyata Deshmaya Barachame Shamayim. The new Sefer is, Elaka, the Mayor Anini. And I do say that this Sefer is especially dear to me. It's very precious to me. It's something that I really put my heart into because I believe that the subject matter of this Sefer is from the most important subjects in all of Judaism, if not the most important subject. And um, again, I just want to mention, today's share will be available on TorahAnyTime.com. It's also now available on all podcast indicators. And this Sefer on Rav Meir, so you say oh, Rav Meir, come on, there's so many Tanoim, you know. What about, I don't know, Ram Gamliel, Rav Parfain, uh, Rav Lezer Ben Azaria, uh, uh, Rav Yeshua. What, what could be so important about Rav Meir? Well, Rav Meir taught the world one of the most important concepts in Judaism. A concept that the Chidah says is actually the most important concept in all of Judaism. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. I'm going to leave you hanging. But the Chidah writes about this Yisoid. This is the matter. It is known. It is a cornerstone principle. Yisoid Musad. The very foundation. 
La'adas Yisrael, for the Jewish community, from the time we left Egypt until today. What is it? We're about to find out. Now, I also want to mention that Reb Chaim Falaji, I um, recently became very enamored and very taken and very drawn to the Sarma of Reb Chaim Falaji. And in the Hakdama of our humble Sefer on page Vav, we bring an amazing comment to Reb Chaim Falaji. Reb Chaim Falaji writes in the Sefer Moyed L'chol Chai, Simen Chavzayin Ois Ayin Vav, at all times and at all moments, there's an obligation that devolves on us, to be thinking about him. Who's him? Rameir Balhanas. Wow, isn't that remarkable? That Reb Chaim Falazi is saying that we have an obligation to always, always, always think about him, Rameir. I mean, we don't even have an obligation to always thinking about, uh, I don't know, Yeshaya Hanavi or... Even Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, we have to believe he was the greatest prophet who ever lived, but there's no of always to think about Moshe Rabbeinu, and yet, Reb Chaim Falaji is writing, we are obligated always to think about Reb Meir? Why would that be? Why are we always obligated to think about Reb Meir? Now I want to share with you an amazing revelation, and this is revealed by none other than the Ben Yehoyada, in the name of Reb Chaim Vital, that the great Tanner of Meir, which, by the way, in our Sefer, um, now, let me tell you how to get the Sefer, before I forget, first of all, as we mentioned, how to get the Art School Sefer, go to rabbidg.com, and you just click, and you can have the Sefer delivered to your house for free. Now, the Sefer is going to cost you, but the delivery will be free, or you could go to tarnytime.com. Go to Speakers, go to the bio for Gladstein, and there's a link, you hit the link, and it'll take you to the same place you could get the Sefer. Again, you go to rabbidg.com or the uh, Torah Anytime bio for Gladstein. And in the uh, Hakdama of the Sefer, we bring an astounding revelation of the Ben Yehoyada and Rosh Hashanah Daf Yudches in the name of Chaim Vital that Reb Meir was buried standing. Why would Reb Meir be buried standing? That's not a very comfortable position. And uh, what what would the reason for that be? What is the um, shot in the fact that Rameir was buried standing? So we're now holding in Chodesh Kislev, the wonderful month, the third month um, from Tishrei, and we're preparing ourselves, of course, for Hanukkah, Habalim Alatayva. And I want to share with you one of the fundamental teachings of the great Tana, Rameir. After all, we're always obligated to think about him. So let's think about the following story that is brought in Avay Dezara and Daf Yerches. The Gemara says that Rabbi Hanina ben Tradyoin was teaching Torah publicly. And that was a, a capital offense. And they said, why are you teaching Torah? He said, that is what God commanded you, me. So they decreed upon him that he should be burned and that his wife should be murdered and that his daughter should be put in a brothel, in a house of zoinois, a house of, a house of uh, impropriety. Now, Reb Chanina ben Tradion had another daughter, and her name was Bruria. Now, Bruria was, happened to be the wife of Rameir, so Bruria goes to Rameir, she said, Rameir, you got to save my sister, she's in the brothel. And Rameir said, what do you want me to do? And Bruria said, you got to rescue her, you got to rescue her. So Rameir took a sack of money, and he went to the shoimer, the guard of the brothel, and he said, uh, let me have her. 
And um, now the reason why Rameyer figured that she should be saved is because Rameyer felt that she did not commit anything improper in this brothel because he even tested her. He said, you know, uh, he sort of uh, said, would you accede to me? He, he made it as if he was asking her for her services. And she said, no, I'm, I'm tame, I'm busy, I'm, this is not a good time. And Rameyer realized she maintains her purity, and therefore Rameyer says, I have to save her. So he goes to the shaymer, and he says, give her to me. He says, I can't, I'm afraid of the malchus. So Rameyer said, here, here's a sack of money, half for you and half to bribe any officials you need to bribe. So the guy said, look, I'm still afraid of my superiors. So Rameyer said, no problem, say the following three-word tefillah, elokah, Demeyer Aneni. If you ever forget that tefillah, it's on the cover of the Sefer. Demeyer Aneni. So he said, come on, who says this tefillah works? Rameyer said, I'll prove it to you. Rameyer incited a dog. He threw a clod of earth at a dog. So the dog was coming to attack Rameyer, and he said, Demeyer Aneni, and the dog left him alone. And he said, ah, oh, it must be the tefillah works. So, uh, he gave the daughter of Rav Chanin ben Tradian to Rameir. Rameir took her out. He fled. Signs were posted all over Rome that Rameir is a wanted man. And Rameir rescued his sister-in-law. Now, the Marsha asked the obvious question. We have a halachic principle, a principle in Jewish thought, that the Rebbein does not associate his name with tzaddikim while they're still alive, because, hey, you never know. You never know what a person could do while they're still alive. They may still veer off. After all, we know Yoichanan Kayin Gadol served as a Kayin Gadol for 80 years, and then he uh, veered off the straight and the narrow. So the Rebbe Shalom is always hesitant to associate his name with Sadiqim while the Tzaddik is still alive. And therefore the Marshal wants to know how, what gives Rameir the right to say, Elokah de Meir Anini, the God of Meir. I mean, God never said the God of even Moshe Rabbeinu. Even Avraham, Hashem never said Alekei Avraham while he was still alive. And Hashem never said only Yitzchak, Pachad Yitzchak, because actually the Medrash says the reason why Hashem was referred to as Pachad Yitzchak and not Alekei Yitzchak is because Tzadikim, even while they're while they're alive, Hashem cannot associate his name with them. So how could Reb Meir say, Elaka de Meir Aneni? <clears throat> That's the question. So the Marsha gives two answers. The first answer of the Marsha is, Reb Meir did not mean the God of me, Meir. Rather, what he meant was, Elaka, the God, de Meir la'aretz v'ladarim aleha barachamim. The God who illuminates the earth and those who inhabit it with mercy. So Rameir was not referring to him, that God is his God, but rather he was referring to God as the one who illuminates the, uh, the earth and all that reside in it. That's the first answer of the Marsha. The second answer of the Marsha is what Rameir meant was the God who illuminated our lives in the time of darkness, of Hanukkah. As we know, the Yavanim are referred to as Choshech, as we know in the beginning of the Torah, the Haaretz Haisa Sayu Vavayu, the Medrash Rabbah says in Parsha Beis Ois Dalid, that Rish Lakish interpreted this pasuk. The Haaretz Haisa Sayu refers to Bavel. Vavayu is Madai, like it says Vayav Hiul Haviyas Haman. 
V'choyshech refers to Yavan, she'chshichu e'neim shal Yisrael, they darken the eyes of the Jewish people with their decrees, because they would say, Kisvu al-keren hashar, right on the horn of an ox. She'ein lochem chilek v'lekei Yisrael, that you have no share in the God of Israel. You know, the Yavanim made us right on the horn of an ox. I once heard that uh, back in the day, back in ancient times, the baby bottles were from the horn of an ox. So they wanted to, they wanted this notion, they wanted this idea to seep into our blood from the time that we were young, that we have no connection to God. So it was a very, very dark time. They darkened our eyes. And through the miracle of Hanukkah, the Rebbe Hashem illuminated our eyes. He was Meir Einenus, or a Meir used to daven. The Almighty, who illuminated our eyes in the times of Hanukkah, Elokah, God, the Meir, who not my God, the God who associates with me. No, Elokah, the God, the Meir, who illuminated our eyes in the times of Hanukkah, Yanenu, he should answer us. That is the second answer of the Marsha. And in our humble Sefer, we ask um, a very simple question. Why would Rav Meir always invoke the miracle of Hanukkah? Of all the miracles that ever transpired, why did Rav Meir say, the God who illuminated our eyes in the times of Hanukkah? Why not the God who rescued us from Egypt, and the God who saved us by Purim, or the God who gave us the Torah, or the God who gave us Anani HaKavit? Why is Rav Meir always invoking Hanukkah? Whenever we have trouble, whenever we have a tsara, there's a dog. Oh, God, you saved us in times of Hanukkah, save us now. Go, we have financial difficulty. God, you saved us in times of Hanukkah, save us now. We lost our socks. God, you saved us in Hanukkah, help us find our socks. Why are we always invoking Hanukkah? And why Rav Meir? Why did Rav Meir feel that connection to the Yom Tov of Hanukkah more than any other Tana that he was the one who always invoked Elokah? who saved us in the times of Hanukkah. I want to share with you another very interesting question. Now, as Hanukkah is approaching, and this year is sponsored by Chickens for Shabbos, you should know that Hanukkah is a Zman, which is Mesugal for Tzedakah. Who brings this down? The Magen Avram brings, in the beginning of Simon Tov Reish Ayin, Noyagin Hanearim Ho'aniyim L'sabev B'Chanukah Al-Apsachim. It is the custom for poor young men to go collecting on Hanukkah by the doorways. And the Magen Avram says, if you look in the Sefer Chanukah's Habayis, he brings a reason for this. Now the Sefer Chanukah's Habayis is a very interesting Sefer. It was written by a Kadmoin, Reb Shol ben David, in the times of the Marsha. And Reb Shol ben David says, not only is Hanukkah mesugal for Tzedakah, but if you take the name Hanukkah and you at bash Hanukkah, Atbash is a system of gematria where you substitute the Aleph, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, for the Tuf, the last letter, the Bez for a Shin, the Gimel for a Resh, and so on and so forth. In fact, the um, Chanukas Habayis writes the word Shemen could be substituted for Bez Yud Tes, Bit, which is gematria 21, Ekya. Look what happens when you Atbash the word Chanukah. Ches becomes a Samach. Nun becomes Tes. Vav becomes Pei. Chaf becomes Lamed. Hey becomes Tzadik. By the way, if you want to follow along in the new Sefer, it's on page Reish Gimel. Chanukah becomes Samach, Tes, Pei, Lamed, Tzadi. Gematria 269. Chanukah 
in Atbash is Gematria 269. Do you know what 269 is? Soid Tzedakah, the secret of Tzedakah. Chanukah is not just a time which is Mesugal to give for chickens for Shabbos or for Kupas or Meir Balanes. Chanukah is Soid Tzedakah, the very essence of Tzedakah. Why would Chanukah be uh, specifically associated with charity? And why is it the essence of charity? Let's throw out another interesting question. You know, the Rishonim ask that why don't we have two days of Purim because of Sveika the Yoyma? Now we would have said we don't have Sveika the Yoyma on Purim because Purim is a Drabana. We don't have a, a Sveika the Yoyma on a Drabana. But the Mordechai says no. The reason we don't have Sveika the Yoyma on Purim is because the Torah says Veloyavar. The Megillah says you can't go beyond the 15th. Well, in that case, the Torah doesn't say anywhere you can't go beyond the eight days of Hanukkah. So why don't we have Sveika the Yoyma for Hanukkah? Interesting question. That is the question that the Chida deals with based on the Mordechai who says we don't have Sveika the Yoyma on Purim because Purim it says V'lo Yavar. So why can't we have Sveika the Yoyma on Hanukkah? Now I want to share with you an amazing question. On Hanukkah we say Al Hanisim. Listen to the terminology of Al Hanisim. We say, When the evil Greek empire stood up, over the Jewish people. So what do we call Kla Yisrael? Amcha, your people. Then we say, And for you, you made for yourselves a great and holy name. Again, Kla Yisrael is called your people. And then the end of al we say, and then your children came. Klal Yisrael in the beginning of the Alanisim is called Al Amcha Yisrael. And we say, Uli Amcha Yisrael, And then when the miracle happens, your children came. Why do we refer to Klal Yisrael specifically in this instance as the children of HaKadosh Baruch My dear friends, I want to share with you another interesting question. The Chida in the Sefer, Rosh David, he brings from Megillah's Tainus. Megillah's Tainus teaches us that what did the Yavanim try to abolish in the times of Hanukkah? They tried to abolish the following three mitzvahs. Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos. They tried to abolish Rosh Chodesh, they tried to abolish the fulfillment of Rasmila, and they fa- tried to abolish the fulfillment of Shabbos. So ask the Chida, wait a second, we just quoted the Medrash that the only decree that the Yavanna made was they made us right on the horn of an ox, Ein lachem chelek v'lkei Yisrael. You have no share in God. So what was it? Did we have to write that we have no share in God? Or did they try to abolish the fulfillment of Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos? So says the Chida something incredible. Parshas Miketz. Yosef HaTzadik is appointed the Viceroy of Mitzrayim. He's the advisor of Paroi. And what does Yosef HaTzadik say? Yase Paroi. V'yavkeid pekidim al aret. V'chimesh es eretz Mitzrayim. V'chimesh es eretz Mitzrayim. Says the Holy Chida. The word chimesh is Rashi Tevois. Yosef told Paroi, we must institute a Mitzrayim. Chimesh. Chodesh. Mila. Shabbos. Yosef HaTzadik says, we have to institute these Mitzrayim in Mitzrayim. Why? Why these mitzvahs? Think about it. 
of all the 613 mitzvahs. Yosef just got the job. Why is he uh, tampering with his stability over here? He says, Para, we have to institute Chodesh Milan Shabbos. Why Chodesh Milan Shabbos? Says the Chida. These three mitzvahs all have one thing in common. The Gemara says in Sanhedrin and Chesamadez, a Gentile who keeps Shabbos is liable to the death penalty. Because the Pasuk says, Yoim Valayla Lo You cannot, a Gentile is not authorized to have a 24 hour period of no avoida and cannot, it cannot be designated on the seventh day. Why, asked the Chida, can a Jew observe the Shabbos? And an Akum, not only is he not allowed to, he's liable to the death penalty. Says the Chida, the reason we keep Shabbos is we're emulating HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shabbos is the special scepter of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If anyone dares, touch, tampers with the scepter of the king, he's liable to the death penalty. So a Gentile who observes the Shabbos, he's taking the scepter of the king, he's liable to the death penalty. There's only one person in the palace who could touch, handle, hold proud the scepter of the king, and that is the king's son. The fact that a Jew is allowed to keep Shabbos, that demonstrates we are banim lamakam, we are the children of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shabbos demonstrates we are we are Hashem's children. We're His banim. We're His kinderlach. Furthermore, says the Chida, Mila, the Zayar says, Mila demonstrates we are the children of Hashem. And finally, Chodesh. We know if Bezin proclaims Rosh Chodesh on the wrong day, Hashem will ratify that decision. Hashem will be masking to that decision. So what does Rosh Chodesh demonstrate? We are not just subjects who have to listen to the king. We literally have power. The king empowers us to determine when Rosh Chodesh is to the extent that even if we make a mistake about Rosh Chodesh, and the, the Mishnah says in Rosh Hashanah, even if we intentionally proclaim the wrong day Rosh Chodesh, Hashem will ratify our decision. Chodesh demonstrates we are the children of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Says the Holy Chida. Yosef HaTzadik knew that we were supposed to be in Egypt 430 years. But there's no way we would last 430 years. So Yosef was hoping that in the 86 years of intense labor, God would reckon that the Koishi Hashibot, the intensity of the labor, God would say, I love you so much that I will calculate that those 86 years of intense labor will be reckoned like 430 years. However, Yosef knew that if Hashem would look at us like His avadim, like His servants, then if a servant has to do time, it's really irrelevant about the intensity of the service. It would be inconsequential how difficult the labor was. It would only be if God would reckon us and consider us His beloved children, His kinderlach, His dear bonim atem Hashem leikeichem, that Hashem would say, Oh, you served 86 years of intense labor. I will consider it as if you did your full time. So says the Holy Chidah, Yosef knew the only way we would leave Egypt after 86 years is if Hashem would treat us as His children. So Yosef tells Paroi, V'yafged Paroi, Yaseh Paroi, V'yafged Pekidim, V'chimei Shesaretz Mitzrayim, Please Paroi, I need you to institute a Mitzrayim, Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos, because this will demonstrate that the Jewish people are always the children of Hashem, and then Hashem will be able to take us out early, because if we would have left a moment longer, we never would have left. So, and the very 
onset of our stay in Egypt, Yosef has to proclaim and demonstrate and establish for all time that we are the dear kinder Baruch So Yosef says, Now, says the the Yavanim, more than any other nation, they were out to make Klal Yisrael feel like we are not especially connected to Hashem. They wanted us to feel, Ein lanu chelek Yisrael. We don't have a share in the Rebbeinu Shalaylam. We are not God's chelek. We are not connected to Hashem. They were jealous of the fact that yes, all the nations of the world are the handiwork of God, but only the Jewish people are the children of God. They didn't want us to feel that we have a chelek in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that we are His special share. So therefore the Yavanim came to abolish Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos, because these mitzvahs established that we are the children of Hashem. They said, I know Yosef wanted you to feel that you're the children of Hashem, but right on the horn of an ox, the ox refers to Yosef. We want to counteract, we want to contravene, we want to uproot the lesson of Yosef, right on the horn of the ox. You have no share in the chilek of Yisrael, in the God of Israel. You're not connected to God. So what was it? Did they try to abolish the three mitzvahs, Chodesh, Mil, and Shabbos? Or did they try to make us feel that we are not connected to Hashem? And the answer is yes. Both. The Chidah says they're the same thing. Through Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos, that demonstrates we have a chilek in God. They wanted us to feel we have no chilek in God by abolishing Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos. Now, I want to add a very important Chodesh. If you look back in this humble sefer, Alakadamir Aneni, in Perek Aleph, where we explain and we cite, what does it mean that we are the children of Hashem? I understand what it means to be the child of a father. A father contributes the DNA to the child. The father, the Gemara says, gives the white to the child, the bones, the white blood cells. Spiritually, um, Physically, the father gives a set of chromosomes to the child. The child literally has the genetic makeup of the father. The father gives from his metzios and he creates paternity with the father. But what does it mean we are the children of Hashem? Hashem cannot bear us. In other words, Hashem did not give birth to us, did he? Well, the Bnei Yisachar writes amazing words. The Bnei Yisachar writes, if you look in Kiddush Levana, Hashem says, you know what you are to me? You are Amusei Botem. Even though Ilmale, the, the Pasuk said this, Ilmale, the Bracha, incorporated this, we would never able, be able to say that God carried us in His womb, but yet God says, I love you so much, I let you use this terminology, Amusei Botem. I literally, you could think of it as if I carried you in my womb. You know why, says the Chesed Li Avram, the great-grandfather of the Chida? Because we say in Hazinu, Ki chelek Hashem amoy. We are the chelek of Hashem. You know what that means? That our neshama is literally a piece of the divine. It's a piece of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that, the reason why a Jew is inclined to do mitzvahs, naturally wants to do chesed, wants to have kedusha, wants ruchnius, is because he's literally a piece of Hashem. You know what it means? We're banim l'Hashem l'Keichem. Ki chelek Hashem 
Amoy, because we are a piece of the Rebbeinu Shalaylam. But the Yavanim did not want us to feel that we are a piece of the Rebbeinu They wanted us to write, Ein lanu So you're not especially a piece of the Rebbeinu more than we are. And the way we're going to make you feel Ein lachem Yisrael is you're going to write on the, cor- the horn of an ox, in Lachem Chelek, and you are forbidden to observe Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos. My dear friends, of course you know the question of the Beis Yosef. They found the oil. It was enough to last for one day. It lasted for eight, but only seven days are miraculous. Why in the world do we celebrate eight days of Hanukkah? Well, one of the earliest answers to this question is Rav Aaron of Lunil, Rav Aaron of France. And he says, the reason why we celebrate Hanukkah for eight days is, you know, the mitzvahs that were reinstated with the miracle of Hanukkah were Shabbos, where there's always a Shabbos in Hanukkah, even if Hanukkah would be seven days. Rosh Chodesh is also always in Hanukkah. But what remez is there to bris milah? Says Rav Arnov Lunil, the reason why Hanukkah is eight days is so that there should be a remez, not just to Shabbos, not just to Rosh Chodesh, but to bris milah as well. Ah, oh, says the chida. This would answer our original question of why there's no sveika de yoyma in Hanukkah. Because if we would have added nine days to Hanukkah, then there would be no remez to the eight days of milah. So therefore, since the whole function of Hanukkah is to remember Chodesh, to remember Shabbos, but also to remember milah, Hanukkah must only be eight days. Now, uh, here's an amazing added thought. Shoyer, the reason why the Ivanim wanted us to ride on the horn of an ox, that we don't have a chilek in the God of Israel, is the Mefarshim say Rashi on the Medrash and the Maharal, the ox also refers to our low point in history. When we made the ox, the Shar Oichel Esav. Who's the ox? The ox is none other than the Ched Ha'egal. They wanted to drum up the Ched Ha'egal. Now, according to the Chida, we can explain very beautifully. If you look in the writings of the Gra, the Gra writes that when Chakaiso served the Egel, they lost some of the splendor of being Banim Lashem. So what the Ivanim wanted us to do is they said, You Jews, you're not really the children of Hashem. You can't keep Chodesh, you can't keep Mila, you can't keep Shabbos. But you know, you know what we're going to drum up? You know what we're going to invoke? Kisvu lachem al keren hashar. We're going to invoke the moment in your history when you lost the madrega of banim Lashem, which was at the Chet So therefore, when God made the great miracle of Hanukkah, and again we could keep Chodesh, and again we could keep Mila, and again we could keep Shabbos, what light, what is the Rebbe Hashem demonstrating to Klal Yisrael? He's saying to the Jewish people, you're not just my nation, you're not just my am, you're not just my people. You know what you are? You are not just our Amcha Yisrael. And after the miracle of Hanukkah, the children of, of the Rebbe Hashem came back to the temple Hashem restored to Kal Yisrael our status of Banim Atem Lashem Aloykechem. The light of Hanukkah is the light that even when we're not worthy, we are always the kinder of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now, Marv Rabbi, I watch this. We know one of the most um, 
famous Machloikas in Enshas is Machloikas in Kedushin, Daflam Vav. What is our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu? And this is something we speak about in the first parak of our humble Sefer. Rabbi Huda says, if you misbehave, you are not considered the children of Hashem. When you act like the children of Hashem, then in fact you are considered the children of Hashem. But Rav Meir famously disagrees, and Rav Meir says, Ben kachu, ben kach bonim. It doesn't matter if you're good children, bad children, and Rav Meir cites four psukim to support his viewpoint. Rav Meir cites the pasuk, Bonim loy emon bam, bonim mashchisim, bonim sechalim, and b'nei kelchai. Rav Meir cites the pasuk, now, who do we paskin like? And we've mentioned so many times, and this is something we speak at length, in the Sefer, in Perek, Beis, that even though there's a rule in Shas and Erevin, on Daf, Memvav, that we never paskin like Rameir. And the Gemara in Erevin, Daf Yogimel explains the reason we don't paskin like Rameir is because Rav Meir's shita was so deep, was so profound. In fact, Rav Meir was a nitzutz of Matachroin. Matachroin is a lashon of Memtes, Memtes. Rav Meir was the one who could always, for every um, for every subject, Rav Meir could find 49 heterim and 49 isurim. That's why he is rooted in Matachroin, the author of Aini says. So Rav Meir, typically we don't pass him like him, but in our humble Sefer we bring a number of of reasons why this is the one exception in Shas that we do paskin like Rameir. One of them the Raja mentions in two chuvas because Rameir cited four psukim that support him. But we quote Hagoin Ravavadi Yosef. Turn around, we have a beautiful picture of two of the Paiske Hadar, Suzaman together, Ramosha Feinstein and Ravavadya. Ravavadya writes that the reason why we paskin like Rameir is for the following reason. There's Gmar Baba Basra Tornus Rufus comes to Rabbi Akiva. He says, I don't understand you Jews. You like to give tzedakah. You give so much tzedakah to chickens for Shabbos. Tornus Rufus says it should be an abira to give tzedakah. It should be a capital offense. After all, God decreed that this person, who is his evid, his subject, should be poor. And if you're giving him tzedakah, you're contravening the will of the king. The king said that this evid should be poor. Says Tornus Rufus, if... If a king would say that his subject should be locked up and should not be fed and somebody sneaks into the jail and feeds him, it's a capital offense. And Rabbi Akiva comes and he says, no, you're making a bad analogy. What if the king commands that his child should be imprisoned and no one should feed the child? If someone sneaks in and feeds the child, the person will be rewarded handsomely. Because after all, it's the child of Hashem. Says Rabbi Vadi Yosef, clearly Rabbi Akiva is of the opinion that no matter what madrega we're on, we are always considered banim lamaka. And what's the proof? The proof is the mitzvah of tzedakah. Ah, oh, says Rabbi Vadia, that means Rabbi Akiva agrees to Rabbi Shita that we are always banim lashem. So the reason why we paskin like Rabbi is because Rabbi is supported by Rabbi Akiva and we always paskin like Rabbi Akiva. Furthermore, says Rabbi Vadia, Yachid verabim halacha karabim, it's Rabbi and Rabbi Akiva against Rabbi Huda, so even though typically we don't paskin like Rameir, in this situation we paskin like him, because Rabbi Akiva supports him. Says, so we would like to suggest as follows. 
what happened on Hanukkah? Hanukkah is the great miracle that God demonstrated. Don't think you have no chelak evelakei Yisrael. No! Ki chelak Hashem amoy! You are my kinderlach! You could keep Chodesh. You could keep Shabbos. You could keep Mila. That's why in Alanisim we emphasize v'yachar kein ra... In fact, Avudraham writes, make sure to say the words, that's Iker Hanes. The main miracle of Hanukkah is that God demonstrated that we are His beloved children. Therefore, what should be the essential, fundamental mitzvah of Hanukkah? It should be the mitzvah that demonstrates that no matter how we act, we are always the children of Hashem. What mitzvah did Rabbi Akiva teach? proclaims and establishes that we are always the children of Hashem, the mitzvah of tzedakah. Ah, oh, now we understand the secret of the Chanukah Sabayis. If you take the word Chanukah, Chanukah is soid tzedakah, because Chanukah is the very essence of tzedakah, because Chanukah dis- uh, establishes, v'achar kein bo'u banecha. Chanukah establishes we are always the beloved kinderlach of HaKadosh Baruch and therefore, Chanukah is the Yom Tif of Tzedakah, Soyed Tzedakah. And therefore, we like to suggest very um, a, a, a revolutionary understanding of the Gemara and Avodah Zarah that Reb Meir always invoked the light of Chanukah. Why was Reb Meir so connected to Chanukah? Why is Reb Meir always invoking the, the light of Chanukah? Because Reb Meir is Mare de Shmaitza, Reb Meir's magnum opus Shita, his world view, his great shita is Bain Kahu Bain Kachnikram Banim. Rameyer's great contribution to Klai Yisrael, as we're about to see, is the cornerstone principle of the Jewish people that the Riban Shalom loves us so much. Chavaz Chaim writes, more than you love your child, more than you love your wife, even more than you love yourself, which the Chavaz Chaim writes is the biggest love in this world. HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves you. The Chidah writes that the principle, the cornerstone principle of Judaism, and this I put in the, not even the title page, the four zets. You open up the book, I put in the beautiful Lashon of the Chidah. Haloizeh Hadavar. Kikfar Noida, it's already known. Asher Pinas Yikras, it is a cornerstone principle. Yesoid Musad, it's the foundation. Laadas Yisrael mi Mitzrayim Heina. That is the cornerstone principle of the Jewish people. Who taught us this principle? The great Tanara Meir. What miracle, what yomtif did God illuminate this light on the Jewish people? The yomtif of Hanukkah. That is why Rameir felt such a kesher with Hanukkah. The yomtif of Hanukkah is literally the revelation of the light of Rameir. Therefore, it was the great Tanara Meir who, who taught Klaisa that whenever you're in a jam, even if you're worthy or you're not worthy, you could call out Elaka de Meir Aneni, the God who illuminated our eyes in the times of Hanukkah, when our eyes were so darkened because we felt a disconnect from our dear Tata. But Rivan Shalom said, No, Viacha came Bau Banecha, you're always my kinderlach. The light of Hanukkah is the light of Banim Atem Lashem Lekechem, and therefore it is the great Tana Rav Meir. Who teaches the world that just like the Rebbeinu Shem demonstrated that we are His children in times of Hanukkah, He will demonstrate His love for us for every and any personal tzara that a person has. They could call out In the great Sefer Emes Yaakov of the Mekubal, Rav Yaakov Shaltiel Ninya, 
He teaches us that for the Geula to come, for the redemption to come, we may not deserve it, we may not be on the right Madrega, but we could always earn Geula in the merit of Rameir, who taught the world that we are always the Kinder Lachav Hashem. That is why the Emes Yaakov says, the Gemara Roshana Dafiyachas teaches, the Mashiach will reveal itself in Tiveria, the city of Rameir. Because Rameir is the Mar of the Asra in Tiveria, and in that city you could be sure the Halacha Psuka is Ben Kachu, Ben Kach Banim. That is why Rameir was buried standing up. Because his Chus, that he taught Klaisa, that we're always the children of Hashem, is Oymed, stands up for us until the end of time. And that is why we are always obligated to think about the great Tanner Rameir. Because by thinking about the great Tanner Rameir, we will recognize we will recognize the great love Hashem has for us. Says Rabbi Kiva Eger, the very next words are the Shema. We will then be Mekayim, we will be able to demonstrate our love for HaKadosh Baruch, which as Zayar says is the greatest mitzvah in the Torah. So again, the secret of Hanukkah is Soyed Tzedakah, the essence of charity. Charity to Yidin, demonstrate we are the Kinnalach of Hashem. Thank you so much again for your for listening to the Shir. Please, um, if you could uh, honor us and show us encouragement by ordering the Sefer, Alakadameir Aneni, which is available at rabbidg.com, where there's free delivery, or you could go to taranytime.com. Speakers, you go to Gladstein on the bio, there's a link order the Sefer. And of course, Hanukkah, the time of Tzedakah, it's an opportunity to support other Yidin. Chickensforshabbos.com Thank you so much for sponsoring, for hosting tonight's Shir. Wishing all of... By the way, the Talmud says that if we are all the children of Hashem, then all Yidin are brothers, one with each other. So wishing all my brothers a wonderful day and a wonderful Chodesh Kislev Habal Leinu Latoiva, Chanukah Sameach, Afrilchen Chanukah. Thank you so much.